This episode is powered by Poddex. Um, related to side hustles, it's probably top three things. Uh, number one, I'll say just how do I find my next side hustle? I think that's a big thing. So um, like people are just like, like I want to make more money. I want to do more, like make more income on the side, but they'll just go on like maybe Indeed and be like trying to look for a part-time job. But that's one way to do it. And you could get successful with that out there. But I think um, just a lot of different places such as Craigslist gigs, that's where I looked a lot when I was in college and trying to find little day jobs. Also, um, if you want to work as, as like a marketing ambassador, like brand ambassadors of like, let's say you live in Los Angeles and you there's a group called Brand Ambassadors of Los Angeles on Facebook. And there's a lot of different um city specific groups out there so there's so many different ways to get jobs and i think uh going on the typical job websites is probably not the right route to go because mostly they're um looking for people who can work like a set maybe 20 hours a week or maybe a set 15 and people might not have that time so i found a lot of day jobs through these different avenues so i think that's one question another question slightly related to side hustles and income i guess you could say is probably just credit cards um since it is a different way to um (laughs) make it is a different way to make more money and um people like know that i have over 25 credit cards and they're just like what's the best one and what's the best annual fee one what's the best no annual fee one um and how do you manage all of them that's like a big question that i get and uh, i mentioned previously but i manage them with mint and mint is a very good uh, app to use and also just I think you have to learn to be a little bit organized when you have so many things like that. Um, But Mint definitely helps. So that's probably the second thing. And the third thing might be like, how do you manage your time? I think that's a really big thing that I get because I work a nine to five. And then I also work like tutoring or transcribing. I do uh, blogging and then I create content for my Instagram and recently TikTok as well. And then I'm also trying to start a YouTube next month. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So there's just so many things. And honestly, I use Google calendars and I block out time. So like I blocked out time to record this podcast, for example, and I blocked out time to work on my blog a couple of hours after this. And then like I stick to that schedule and um, I, for the most part, it works out. Sometimes I'll like deviate and like go on my phone and <laughs> uh, get distracted, but yeah, it is it is a grind to kind of like t- time manage, but time management is a super important part of like trying to manage multiple things. Welcome everybody back to another exciting show of the About That Water podcast, where we help you build strong financial behaviors. My special guest, her name is Chloe. Um, so talked about this, this 26 credit cards, mm-hmm. what got you into 26, 26 credit cards. So, uh, like I mentioned a little bit before, so my parents didn't grow up using credit cards. They like, didn't know about credit cards till maybe like 2015 or something like that. Um, they just believed in using debit because debit is just using money that you have in your checking account. And they believed in using cash because that's just what it is like credit, you're technically spending money that you don't have and you're paying it afterwards when the statement comes in. So um, yeah, um, when my 
parents first found out about credit cards, they were just like, oh, it's too good to be true. Why would they pay you like 3% back on your restaurant purchases? Or why would they pay you like 5% back on groceries? It makes no sense, right? But um, I think when they when I did more research into it and then I told them about it, um, they began to understand like that's just how people like get your money because like some people don't pay their credit card statements in full. So as long as you pay your credit card statements in full, you'll be getting all those rewards. And they started with that idea, got one credit card, and then I got my first credit card as well. And I love this idea of like signing bonuses and just getting cash back. So um, I got, I think my first one was a Chase Freedom back when that was a thing before they converted it to the Chase Freedom Flex. And then after that, I got the Discover It and then I don't even remember afterwards, but there was just so many credit cards out there and they had a ton of signing bonuses and I loved reaping all those. So I average around 20% cash back on all my purchases just because when I uh, turn a credit card afterwards, I'll apply for another one. So um, usually they average around 20%, maybe 15 to 30 sometimes, but um, it's pretty good. And because I have so many credit cards, I feel like it doesn't affect my credit score as much anymore because every hard inquiry um, like gets removed after two years and um yeah there's just so many opportunities out there to turn credit cards and get money back so it's a pretty good opportunity if you pay your statements in full every month that is good um and that's one of the things that's a key thing is pay your your bill in yeah. full because it's like it's a bonus it's like mm-hmm. well why not get free money just mm-hmm. buying everything yeah um, i mean those credit card companies are making money off of the people that don't pay their statements in full every month right their aprs are extremely high like 20 25 percent so what is your average apr uh apr now i actually don't focus on apr just because i always uh pay my statements in full so like no matter what the apr is i'll just apply for the credit card and i know that um like other people may focus on that be like if they want the lowest apr or like a promotional zero percent apr but if i think if you're looking at apr and you're relying on that you probably shouldn't be getting a credit card just because you need to learn to like pay your statements in full first (laughs) that's my personal opinion yeah I, i love that um because when it comes to to credit cards, a lot of people are afraid of the APR. It's like, mm-hmm. well, what if I don't pay it in time? And um, but I know it's a lot of sign-on bonuses. Um, you had in order to get them, you have to actually spend like four thousand uh, mm-hmm. for the four months. So mm-hmm. after you get the bonus, that's when you apply for the next credit card, or do you just kind of like whatever, just do them all for the week and call it a day? Um, I actually, yeah, I wait for the bonus to come in. So I use Google calendars. I like put. I track them all on there be like I should be getting my bonus by this time if I spend a thousand by this time and um, I have notifications that pop up be like oh check that your bonus came in because sometimes they might not come in and I might message them and be like hey what's up and they'll be like oh sorry like some technical difficulty whatever that means (laughs) yeah and then um, they'll make sure that the bonus comes in so I do keep track of them I also use Mint Um, it's a very good app to like keep track of all your spending all your credit cards all your brokerage accounts um and that helps me keep track of like fraudulent purchases if that by chance happens because it always tells me like what purchases were on all my credit cards so um i think if you're gonna go into the credit card training route you definitely have to have something that manages all your finances can you just kind of give the people a little bit more background of you know how did you get into finances yeah for sure 
well, I was born and raised in an Asian American household. My parents were immigrants from Korea, so they didn't really have this mindset of like investing or like putting their money into like different assets to um, grow your wealth. So my parents are very like, oh, work very hard, earn lots of money, and create the best life for your children. So I mean, that's kind of the mindset that I grew up with. So I didn't uh, think about using credit cards at all because they only wanted to spend money that they had, or I didn't think about like investing in the stock market at all, or even like. Buying real estate or anything like that, just because I was raised that way. And I think as I went through college and like uh, just after college, getting my first full time job, I realized that there's so much more to finance out there than just working a typical nine to five, work, uh, getting your hourly wage and just earning an income and spending that income. So there's so much more to personal finance. And I feel like it's very hard to learn that stuff when you're raised in a household that um, doesn't like. Focus on that kind of thing. So I just wanted to like share that knowledge with everyone else out there, especially for immigrant families who might not know. And um, I think it's a very valuable asset to have. That is awesome because I was pretty much I have like a similar upbringing <laughs> because you know like the parents. Um, uh, and it's good that you talking about it from the immigration side of the house to to bring it in because um, the stories, even though. I guess being just black in America, it's one of those things that, you know, it's always like the last to find out. Exactly. <laughs> like, right. Where is this stuff is happening? Um, and I do like the part uh, where you talked about like learning the process. So you created a whole blog. Can you just tell us a little bit more about the blog? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I created this blog off our hustle. So the kind of concept behind the name is like you're learning how to hustle outside of your nine to five, because uh, I think people in America are kind of built to believe that they have to work this nine to five job for however many years until you retire at 60 or 65 or something like that. And um, that's just your life. Like, that's just what you do. You hang out on the evenings, like maybe go on vacations on the weekends, but you're just stuck in this nine to five lifestyle. And I think a lot of people, um, can benefit from learning about the different like hustles that are that there are out there from like learning how to start businesses from learning how to like make money from other avenues such as investing or just credit card churning there are just so many different ways to make money and i wanted to share that knowledge with people out there because when i first started college i did so many different side hustles so that i could pay for my college i like did hair modeling i did brand ambassador work for like amazon and kaplan i did um research studies i even like was a lab rat for like the bird flu vaccine i did so many different things and i just want people to realize that there's so many different ways to make money out there and um it's really important to kind of like diversify how you make money yeah so because it, um when it comes to women in the business it's usually hard to i guess you could say apply for a job and then go for the interview it seems mm -hmm. like you have mastered that process like what is some of the tips or tricks that you can tell somebody that, um, when they go to apply for a job, when they first look for a job and then ultimately apply, then ultimately do the interview? Honestly, I love being, so I'm actually a software engineer from nine to five and mm -hmm. I love being a minority in the space because I feel like it gives you an advantage and you could like leverage yourself so that you can like be like, I'll bring diversity to the workspace and also like bring a different mindset, um, just different viewpoints. And, um, I think, you have to embrace being the minority rather than um, just being afraid of being the minority because there's just a lot of benefits and assets that come with it. So just leverage yourself and just talk about your strong points and strong assets that you have and just uh, 
bring that out to the market out there because people love to hire females. That is so true. Because um, it's so much money out there for being a woman inside tech. Um, is there like a, like what got you into technology in the first place though? So I was actually raised to go pre-med and go to medical school. Um, my parents are very like typical Asian mindset where it's just like, oh, you have to go to be a doctor or like be a lawyer or something like that. So I went through my undergraduate career taking a bunch of life science classes. I was about to major in biochemistry, but I did a pivot to engineering towards the end. And um, I realized that the medical route wasn't for me after doing a, a lot of experimenting. So um, I went into the engineering route and I got my first internship. So after college, I did an internship and um, I did that and it went pretty well. And somehow through that, I applied to honestly, probably over 200 jobs to like <laughs> <laughs> get my first full-time job and like I understand that seems crazy but I feel like that's just kind of how, how you have to do it when you don't have a lot of experience and you just want to get like your foot in the door so I applied to a ton of jobs I did a ton of interviews and then my first job decided to take me and um, that's just how it went and I feel like it's just a grind and you just have to believe in the process <laughs> for sure. I mean, I know it couldn't have been easy just applying for all the jobs. Like, what was mm -hmm. the the what was the mindset like um, getting the jobs? Because you know, technology usually makes about um, I'll say maybe a half of what a doctor would get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It. Yeah. So, um, but how do you get in that mindset of constantly being denied uh, Const through all that process? Constantly being denied, honestly. There's, yeah, it's pretty discouraging, especially when you find that like dream job that you think is going to be perfect and you get onto step one of the interview, then step two, then you're on the final round and then they finally reject you. So I've gotten that a couple of times and it's, it's just a process. I think like at first in the beginning, I was pretty discouraged, but I realized that like, there's just so many jobs out there. And honestly, you don't know why they rejected you. It might not be because of your capabilities or your experience. It's just because like, maybe the other person had a connection with like the owners of the business or like maybe the other person just like, I don't know, they had a foot in the door because they just knew someone there. It's, I guess that's also a connection as well. But um, there's just, a lot of different reasons why people get rejected and I've learned to try and not get that uh, affect me very strongly because it's just there's different reasons and you just got to keep going just keep applying and honestly someone will love you and someone will take you and as long as you work hard um, there's a job out there for you so I that's what my mindset was going into the industry for sure nice um because one of the things that i always try to talk about is how to maximize your nine to five um before you even look for a part-time was like that your mindset as well yeah for sure so i definitely wanted a nine to five that like helped pay the bills and help um like give me the lifestyle that i wanted so i work really hard in my nine to five and i make sure i perform like at the peak level that i can i guess um before I like go on to my side hustles and I like try making content for my blog or um, my Instagram or anything like that. So I work hard for that make sure that I'm not falling behind. I don't like do content creation or I don't do any side hustles during my nine to five hours. And um, I think it's important to realize that, that if you're going to go down the side hustle route, but also have a full-time job that you shouldn't let them conflict with each other. 
Oh, like the conflict of interest. So like you might be a software engineer, but not be a software engineer part-time for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. You don't need to get sued for that. Um, so when it comes to um, credit cards, obviously there's cash back and then there's cash rewards. I'm a rewards guy. Mm-hmm. I know you love the cash back option. What made you do with cash back instead of rewards? Um, I love the cash back option just because I feel like for a reward, you kind of have to wait to purchase or use them at the right time. So like if you're doing rewards or you're doing points, then you could redeem them for gift cards. You could read them, redeem them for travel. But um like when would you get the opportunity to do that, especially during like COVID times, which is why I think cashback credit cards got a boost during COVID because people weren't traveling anymore. Um, but yeah, it's just, I personally like getting cash back so I can use that money to like invest or I can uh, just pay less on my statement so I can use the resi- residual money to invest as well. So, and then I'll use the increase from that to um just pay for my travel or pay, pay for other things so i think it's just personal preference honestly there's a lot of different ways to do, go to the credit card game out there but um that's how i do it that is really interesting i never heard somebody break it down that way <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun for me that way because i get to see the money grow right so what is your go-to card then my go-to card so i actually carry um probably six or seven cards at one time just because um there's the Chase Freedom Flex and there's a Discover It that has rotating categories every quarter that give you 5%. So I like keep track of that for each quarter. And um, I, if like some category is in that quarterly category, like restaurants is 5% for that quarter, then I'll use that. But if it isn't, then I'll probably use like Capital One Saver One for restaurants. I have the Wells Fargo Propel for gas uh, travel. And that's also for restaurants as well. Um, and then there's... Also, this Wells Fargo Active Cash that gives you two percent back on base. So, um, nice. like any other purchase that doesn't fall into any of the three percent or higher categories, I'll use that one. So, um, I guess like it is a little bit of memorizing. But if you don't want to memorize and you just want some good credit cards, like Wells Fargo Active Cash is good for two percent flat, and then the Capital One Saver one is good for restaurants, uh, entertainment, grocery stores, three percent. So it's pretty good. Awesome. Well, we're going to take this small moment to slide over to something I call Poddex. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, If you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com, take your podcast to the next level. All right, so if you actually want to get into poddex, you can use the code wallet, W-A-L-L-E-T. So, you ready for the first question from Poddex? Oh my gosh, this is exciting. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Uh, The question is, what is the one thing you'll be really disappointed if you never get to experience it? One thing that I'll be really disappointed. Probably working from abroad. So I've been 
having this dream of working abroad for since COVID started, just because that's when I started working from home as a software engineer. So I want to work abroad, and I have plans to work abroad in Korea, like end of March,、uh, early April, for around two to three months. And after that, I hope that goes well. If that goes well, I want to work in like South America or Europe. And I just think working and living in a different country is probably a completely different experience. And if I never got to experience that after like dreaming about it for two years, I'll be so devastated. <laughs> so that's one thing that I'm looking forward to a ton. How about you? Uh, for me,、um, one of the things I'll be disappointed、uh, would be let's see. To I actually want to see the aurora borealis.、Mm. That's one of the things I really want to see,、um, like natural phenomena in、um, of the world. So that's one of the things I think I'll be disappointed if I never get a chance to experience. Yeah, definitely is beautiful. I would want to see that too.、Yeah. Uh, because they actually have cruises that actually go over there, but、mm-hmm. I took the Alaskan cruise. But it was like, they was like, yeah, the Royal Borealis is later in the month, and I was like, great, so <laughs> I'm coming back. <laughs>、uh, ready for the next one? Yeah. Alrighty.、Good. Where do you go when you need to blow off some steam? When I need to blow out some steam. So I'm a very active person. I really enjoy like climbing, longboarding, like hiking, just being outdoors. So if I need to blow off some steam, like for me, it's just using all my energy that I have. So whether it's like climbing or like going to the gym and lifting heavy weights, or <laughs> they're just、um, as long as I'm doing something active, I'll like get in a better mood. And I think like that just has to do with like breaking out of sweat. And yeah, I, I just feel better afterwards. And then I'll probably eat like a good meal after that. Nice. Uh, for me, to blow off steam, usually I'll、um, just go for a bike ride because、um, I would love to do like、um, 30 to 40 mile bike rides and、um, just kind of take in the scenery.、Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can't be active, what I would typically do is something with my hands,、um, like I'll draw or、um, just think of a new project. Um, oh. Or just come back and edit some more videos. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, thinking of a new project or just doing more like side hustle things is awesome too. I love doing that. Yeah. So you got so many things you can do. Sorry,、yeah. it's great.、Uh, next one. You ready?、Mm-hmm. If you could install one piece of advice in a baby's mind, what advice will you give? Ooh, man. There's so many things. <laughs>、uh, one piece of advice. Would probably try a lot of different things. Try a lot of different things and give them a chance because I think a lot of what happens with kids is they try things and they just get tired of it. They're bored of it. They don't want to do it. But I think、um, a lot of people don't give it a chance. So I would say like if you're trying tennis or like a sport or a new instrument or anything like that, just、uh, give it more of a chance than just like one time and get bored of it or tired of it. So.、Um, I wish I could tell kids like just try it for a year and see if you like it better when you get a little bit better at it. Because I was definitely one of those kids where I was like, I tried piano, I tried tennis, I tried gymnastics, and like I I didn't like any of them in the beginning. And I wish my parents pushed me a little bit more to keep trying it. But of course, I understand as parents that you don't want to push your kid to do something they don't like. But I look back in the future and I'm just like, huh,、uh, maybe I should have done it more. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> But then you wouldn't be here and doing all these side hustles and stuff. That's true, but I mean, I do wish I had like I was like better at certain hobbies that I do. Okay. But of course, like hindsight is twenty twenty. Of course, of course. 
Uh, for me, one piece of advice that I would um, I would give is to always question. Um, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, and it, like you said, there's so many. Uh, because it's like one of the things is um, is is to not be shallow. Because um, everybody has a piece of information that they could actually provide you, and um, and it's just so much. That's one of the things that got me started with this podcast was because I was uh, there was a I think it was a commencement speech that um, Bill and I gave, and he was talking about that everybody has something to give you, uh, some piece of advice, and I was like, hmm, I've never thought about it that way. But, mm everybody has something that's true that's how you make connections with random people and honestly you'll never know what you learn right (laughs) so one of the strategies let's uh kind of dive into that a little bit more um because you do so many different things here uh i noticed that on your blog you talked about some of your active side hustles and your passive side hustles can Mm -hmm. you talk about those just a little bit yeah for sure so couple of the active side hustles I have that I'm doing currently are tutoring and also uh, transcribing and translating and like tagging uh, for parts of speech. So that's two things that I do right now. And um, I consider active side hustles to be something that you kind of get like an hourly rate for. So like, or like a contracted rate for. So if you put in this amount, X amount of time, then you'll get X amount of pay. And those like, you aren't, like building a business or you aren't building um, anything that'll pay you back in the future. Like you're just, if you tutor for one hour, you'll get $50. That's just what it is. And for me, passive side hustles are something that sure, like people say passive income to say that you don't have to do anything to get income, but that's a little bit uh, like skewed just because like for passive income, you always have to build it up. So you do have to work initially, but what you do is you put in the work initially, build this business. And then after that, it'll just make um, income for you. So for example, like my blog, I have ad revenue right now and I have affiliate income. And of course it took me time to um, write all the articles about personal finance and side hustles. But now I have traffic from Google coming in. I have traffic from Instagram, Facebook, and those all give me ad revenue and affiliate income when people click on my links and like buy things. So that's more passive because people like you don't have to like monitor it hourly or like work on it hourly to get a certain rate. So that's how I think of it. And like for tutoring as well, like you could also make it into a passive income, which is what I'm trying to do. So I want to like build up a clientele base and then maybe like hire and offload onto some other people. So like for me, I might be like trying to find clients, but the hourly job will be done by someone else. So it's like, you're always trying to build your own business to build this like kind of slightly passive income stream. So I think it's really important to have both, honestly. Yeah, we got to um, definitely need a link for your your classes so we can get more people over there. But I think it'll be pretty cool to see um, that, see you in action, I guess you could say. And awesome. then so you can follow. Yeah, I do tutor privately one-on-one right now. And then my dad is going to be my first tutor and he tutors group. But um, yeah, it'll be fun to see it grow. Awesome. Yeah, we definitely keep me posted because uh, I would definitely like to share with everybody that's listening today. Um, and I can always update the show notes with your your link once you uh, fully establish it, because that's one of the things that I want to get into is um, it's not doing group, not group therapy, but almost like f- group financial therapy, I guess you could say. Mm. We start talking about how, um, you know, 
if somebody's going through a bad time right now with their finances, it's kind of like, I know we do it in uh, Facebook and all that stuff like that, but actually having somebody to talk to um, or group setting just to kind of say, you know, hey, I fell behind my bills this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know. My children are starving. I don't know what to do. And then as a group, we can kind of like come together as to be that that shoulder to cry on or lean on um, as we go through life. So I think that would be pretty awesome. So once you learn, please share. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Do you currently coach any people right now or like have any group therapy right now? I've been doing it um, by hearsay. So I haven't done anything like posted it on my website yet. That mm-hmm. is something that I'm planning on doing because um, I got an email funnel I got to set up. And I have to set up a, uh, I've been debating on setting up a Discord account. Oh, you definitely should. I'll join. Really? Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'll be an active member on there. It'll be fun. Yeah. um, Then I'll set up one. (laughs) Uh, Maybe around the same time this episode comes out Mm -hmm. and um, make sure to tag you in it and we'll just run with it. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so we talked about a couple strategies. Um, can you, are you okay talking about the numbers that you're pulling in um, from the affiliate links? Because I love affiliate links because that's mm-hmm. what helps me get paid even when I'm sleeping. Helps yeah, you get paid when you're sleeping. So yeah. can you talk about those? Um, just on a monthly, like an average monthly basis. Yeah, for sure. So for affiliate links specifically, I typically get paid around a hundred a month. It's not too much yet, just because I started my blog exactly a year ago and I've been focusing on SEO for my blog, which is search engine optimization. But um well, first I, congrats on that though. I mean, you got a whole year out. <laughs> yeah, it's one year, but I'm definitely like planning to scale and hopefully it grows bigger. And I've seen tons of bloggers out there that like they say they haven't made anything their first year, but they grow exponentially after that. So I'm working hard on it aside from my nine to five and we'll see how it grows. But around a hundred, I usually, it usually comes from Amazon affiliates and some of the mobile apps that I have. So like maybe like Fetch Rewards or Bitmo, there's just a variety of, uh, mobile apps that I blog about. And when people use my links, I get like maybe $5, $10 in return. And I also uh, blog about blogging, I guess you could say. So whenever people (laughs) use my affiliate link to start a blog, then I get income as well. So there's just so many different ways to make money out there via affiliate links. And um, even other bloggers will ask you to sell their products like on different topics, like maybe food or like fashion or like just courses on like SEO or or like blogging. So um, you can create your own affiliate courses and have people market it for you, or you can use other people's and get affiliate income as well. Wow. So I really like that um, you you build that partnership um, because uh, the next question is really about what sets you apart from everybody else that's doing finance? Because we all doing finance. Granted, you've taken a different approach, uh, but everybody's on finance. Do you think finance is oversaturated in the blog space? Um, I definitely did think that when I was first starting out because um, like, I wanted to start a blog. And when I started it and started networking with other financial bloggers, I was like, holy crap, there's so many people out there. And there's so many people who are established for like five, 10 years. And there's also so many people starting right now, just like me. So I think um, like all niches are kind of saturated if you think about it and you just have to find your space in that niche and um for me i personally take a 
slightly different approach. And there's a lot of people who also do this as well. But for me, personal finance is more about like side hustles and just generating different streams of income, which is why I like say you don't have to quit your nine to five, but there are a lot of different ways to make income and a lot of different ways to grow your money as well. So that's the approach that I'm taking. And I think, yeah, there's every niche is oversaturated. If you really think about it, like fashion, food, finance, gaming, yeah, it's endless, but you just have to find your space. And honestly, I have this uh, abundance mindset rather than like a scarcity mindset. So everyone has room to succeed. You just have to work hard at it. And um, don't think that everyone's your competitor, like share other people's stuff, um, just like support other people's stuff. And honestly, you guys will all help each other grow. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I definitely share your stuff because have <laughs> some good content. There. Thank you so much. I definitely will share your stuff as well. Awesome. I love the color scheme mainly because it's green and black. And <laughs> so I was like, hey, that's sold. So <laughs> yeah, exactly the same as yours. So um, one of the things I do like um, about your content is that the fact that you don't hide anything and that you kept you're actually educating people on your social media. So um, is there, what are the top three things or the three common things that a lot of people come to you about when it comes to side hustles uh, for that end? Um, related to side hustles, it's probably top three things. Uh, number one, I'll say just how do I find my next side hustle? I think that's a big thing. So um like people are just like, like, I want to make more money. I want to do more, like make more income on the side, but they'll just go on like maybe indeed and be like trying to look for a part-time job, but that's one way to do it. And you could get successful with that out there. But I think um, just a lot of different places such as Craigslist gigs, that's where I looked a lot when I was in college and trying to find little day jobs. Also, um, if you want to work as, as like a marketing ambassador, like brand ambassadors of like, let's say you live in Los Angeles and you there's a group called Brand Ambassadors of Los Angeles on Facebook. And there's a lot of different um, city specific groups out there. So there's so many different ways to get jobs. And I think uh, going on the typical job websites is probably not the right route to go because mostly they're um, looking for people who can work like a set, maybe 20 hours a week or maybe a set 15 and people might not have that time. So I found a lot of day jobs through these different avenues. So I think that's one question. Another question slightly related to side hustles and income, I guess you could say is probably just credit cards um, since it is a different way to yes. um, <laughs> make, it is a different way to make more money. And um, people like know that I have over 25 credit cards and they're just like, what's the best one? And what's the best annual fee one? What's the best no annual fee one? Um, and how do you manage all of them? That's like a big question that I get. And uh, I mentioned previously, but I manage them with Mint and Mint is a very good uh, app to use. And also just, I think it, you have to learn to be a little bit organized when you have so many things like that, um, but Mint definitely helps. So that's probably the second thing. And the third thing might be like, how do you manage your time? I think that's a really big thing that I get because I work a nine to five and then I also work like tutoring or transcribing. I do uh, blogging and then I create content for my Instagram and recently TikTok as well. And then I'm also trying to start a YouTube next month. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's just so many things. And honestly, I use Google calendars and I block out time. So like I blocked out time to record this podcast, for example, and I blocked out time to work on my blog a couple hours after this. And then like, 
I stick to that schedule and um, I, for the most part, it works out. Sometimes I'll like deviate and like go on my phone and (laughs) uh, get distracted, but yeah, it is, it is a grind to kind of like time manage, but time management is a super important part of like trying to manage multiple things. Awesome. Well, I do not want to take up too much of your time because I know you have such a busy schedule. I just <laughs> no, have... <laughs> no, no. Thanks. For, thank you so much for having me on here. Honestly, oh, I was much appreciated. I, like I said, I love your content. Um, I love what you've been doing over the year. I'm just looking at back at some of your old posts, and I was like, wow, you you're really hitting all the heavy hitters, all the low hanging fruit right up front. Now you start talking about your different strategies and then also the things that you're actually going through. So I greatly appreciate you being fully open with that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love your podcast as well. Like featuring different people and learning about all their different avenues of how to like make money, save money, budget money, and just what different people are going through. Honestly, I feel like it's important to see like different perspectives on life about finances. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the third segment, uh, which is the futures. So what is um, one of the questions that I ask all my guests is, where do they see themselves within the next two years? The only reason why I do two years is because five years just seem too long. Ten years, we can't even know what we did 10 years ago. Things mm-hmm. change so rapidly. So where do you see yourself in the next two years? In the next two years? Um, I definitely want to be growing my blog and just, uh, growing my hopefully YouTube channel and just like things like that. So different, uh, things that pertain to my side hustle, like business, I guess you can say. And, um, I want to grow that enough that it'll make me enough income to kind of offset my full-time job. So I do love software engineering and I wish I could keep doing it, but I would love to do it part-time so I can uh, like 20 hours a week so that I can focus more on my own business. Um, That would be fun to do. And I also want to be in the, like able to travel a ton more. And I think with having a business such as a blog or like a podcast or anything like that, you're able to travel more just because you're not location uh, tied down to a specific location. So um, that would be nice. And I know for software engineering, like right now it's remote just because of COVID, but who knows when I'll have to go back into the office. So um, I do want to be more location agnostic. Yeah. So you're going to go back kicking and screaming or you're just like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. And that's probably when you go part-time too. (laughs) Yeah. Part-time hopefully will be just fully remote and they'll let me do that. Nice. Um, Well, whenever you're ready to set up your YouTube, just let me know. Um, I can show you. I do a little bit behind the scenes when I go live on Instagram Mm -hmm. um, of like editing videos before I post them up. Um, But I do. I did notice that I never did one of how I post on YouTube. So Mm -hmm. um, because they have tons of templates uh, that you can set up. So every time you do a post, it automatically have all your descriptions, all your tags and all that fun stuff. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done too much research into it. I was just trying to like film this weekend first and then I'll do all the research later. But I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so you ready for the final four questions? Yes, I am. All righty. So question number one, what does wealth mean to you? Mm, wealth mean to me. So I think a lot of people correlate wealth with money. So it's like the more money you have, the more wealth you have. But I personally 
think of it a little bit differently. So I think money helps you build wealth, but wealth is like a combination of like being financially stable and also being happy and also being having like、uh, an abundance of like good relationships that you're、uh, happy with and like. Have people that you can live life with, so it's a combination of three things for me. So money is definitely one of them, but it's just happiness in general and having the personal relationships that、uh, help you live life. Because honestly, like, what's the point of money if it doesn't make you happy or if you don't have the people to share it with, right? So there's just a lot of things that go along with it, and yeah, unfortunately, we need money to survive, which is why we work. <laughs> But、uh, besides the money, it's the happiness and the relationships for sure. Awesome. Number two, what was your worst mistake? Your worst money mistake. Worst money mistake.、Um, I think definitely in COVID times when COVID first started. I think it was around February 2020 when the stock market just completely took、uh, a nosedive and went into a bear market for 33 days. So like halfway through that bear market, I was like, huh, maybe I should just sell all my assets and just buy when it's lower, right? Like of course, when you're first investing, everyone thinks that way. It's like, oh, everything's tanking. I might as well sell and buy it later. <laughs> But、um, I didn't realize that the bear market. It would recover right away, so、um, I it recovered pretty quickly, and I was like, "Huh, maybe it'll go lower a little bit later." But it didn't, so I just ended up buying a lot of my assets back for a more expensive price, and that was a pretty costly lesson. And I think what I learned is definitely don't time the market; it's impossible. Like no one knows, and sure, you can hear all these analysts saying like, "Oh, it's gonna tank in two months, or it's gonna tank in three months, or it's gonna."、Uh, Go up like the stock market is just going to keep going up, but no one really knows. And I feel like all those analysts, like they, in retrospect, they kind of like revise their predictions based on what already happened, and they're like, "Oh, we knew that was going to happen because of this, this, this." But <laughs> it's not necessarily the case. I don't know. I just don't time the market. Just invest and hold on. And honestly, if you invest in like index funds, then they'll grow exponentially throughout the years. I like it. Don't time the market. Time. Is what it time in the market? Don't not timing the market. Exactly. Yeah,、Heck. that was a costly lesson, but I mean, I learned. Nice. <laughs> and now you have a whole blog and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice.、Uh, number three, what is your favorite financial or non-financial book?、Um, I definitely have to say Four Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris,、um, just because that. I think that book was when I first started doing like side hustles. I read that book then, and it kind of opened my eyes to like why I don't have to be attached to the nine to five for like forty years of my life to retire. So,、um, a lot of people, of course, say like, "Oh, I have to just keep working this full time job and earn a lot of money, invest a lot of money, and then that's how I'll be able to retire." But this guy, he built so many different businesses, and he like made so many different costly mistakes. But、uh, he just traveled the world. Like outsourced a ton of his work, like a ton of the tedious work, like maybe sending emails or finding business partners or、um, things like that. And he just like did the main things for four hours for a week, and he made a solid income out of it. So、um, this guy is a serial entrepreneur, Timothy Ferris, and、um, it was just really inspiring to read. And I think everyone should read that book to kind of just see a different perspective on life about how to build your own empire. Yeah, he's. It's an awesome read.、Um, it is on my list to get the physical book. But, all right, let me. I need that's one one of the books I really need to ask because I usually ask for books for、uh, birthdays and、um, for、mm. Christmas. 
So I don't really buy books anymore. Yeah. I just kind of just, hey, there you go. Like offsetting yeah. <laughs> those costs. <laughs> there's <laughs> a lot of good, uh, there's a lot of good references in there too. Like they'll give you a ton of websites that help you like outsource or help you like get links, backlinks to your website or also there's just a lot of resources on there, which is why I like keep referencing that book. Love it. Uh, number four, which is the final fourth question, is what is your favorite dish to make? Favorite dish to make. So I come from a Korean background. So one of my favorite dishes is this Korean rice cake soup. It's traditionally made, um, or you traditionally eat it on New Year's Day or like Lunar New Year Day, but. I just like making it whenever and people also make it whenever they feel like it and it's really good. So basically you get these like circular rice cakes and you can buy it from like the local Asian grocery store and um, you put chicken broth in there and then after that you uh, put a little bit of fish sauce for a little bit more taste and then there's a lot of different seasonings you can do. So like dried seaweed and then kind of cooked egg and um, like green onions and people put their own twists to it too. So if you just look up Korean rice cake soup, there's a lot of different recipes out there and it's really easy to make actually. It's a very like kind of hard, not a hearty meal, but just like ref not refreshing. I don't even know what the word is. Just It just tastes really <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not too heavy. It's not too light, but it's just like, it's nice for a cold day because it's warm soup. I want to look it up. Right yeah, now. it's called in Korean, so I probably said that with a little bit of Korean accent, but uh, it's like D D U K G O O K. Yeah. Mm. Right, Should definitely right. try it if you have the time. Yeah, when I try it, I'll definitely tag you on it. Um, I have to go shopping, of course. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right, well, Chloe, it's been awesome. So we got one final last question, which is where can people find out more about you? Uh, more about me, they can go to offourhustle.com. That's my main blog website. Um, also on Instagram, offourhustle, uh, TikTok, offourhustle, same thing. Um, yeah, those are my main sources right now. I'm starting my YouTube channel next month though, so keep on the lookout. Awesome. I'll make sure once you get that uh, YouTube channel up, I'm mm -hmm. definitely going to add that to the show and make it one of the cards uh, so when people will look for you. Awesome. Thank there. you. Yeah. Um, Thank you so, so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show uh, and taking time out of your busy day uh, to be here. Um, Everyone's especially... busy. No excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they make themselves busy. Yeah. Even though they don't have like five or six side houses. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, but I want to thank you again so much for taking time out uh, to be on your show, uh, to be on this show. I say your show. <laughs> uh, well, again, everybody, I want to thank you again for listening out to Chloe. I want you to take time out today to actually check out Chloe with the description below. And also, please take time if you love anything about this particular episode. Go ahead on and like, subscribe, and I look forward to seeing you guys next week. All right, everybody. 